0: Chelsea friends. Welcome to another edition of the London is Calling podcast. I am your host, Ryan, a.k.a. Carlito Esposito. I am joined, as always, by Chelsea super fan and my very good buddy, Paul Hogan. What's going on, my man?
1: We're doing all right, Carlito. 1-1 one, one draw isn't what we called for, but we got a point, and that's a big point in yeah. the run of games.
0: And yet we're still even further ahead of Tottenham and Man United than prior to the game and that's because they suck it has nothing to do with us being good at all we are joined this evening by a syria writer and also happens to be a chelsea fan he's from canada toronto specifically his name is jerry mancini how are you
2: jerry not bad not bad could have been better if uh chelsea was able to uh hold the uh the win there but uh a draw is always uh, better than nothing, right?
0: I mean, a draw is sex without coming. But at the same time, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. good.
2: You lost, basically, because you only got that one point. You lost it. Take, yeah. right? It's true, though. You're not really gaining much. But, but when United lose and... Arsenal actually won a game for the first time, like like winning the lottery. And uh, basically Wolves lost. We're, that point still becomes uh, – in Tottenham lost. the point's still bigger than you, than you, you mm-hmm. think of, right? Because that one point can come back to help us in the long Yeah, And
0: I agree with you, and that's fine. And we're definitely going to get into it. But for me, the only team
2: that I care about is Chelsea.
0: The other teams are immaterial, especially if we're solidly in fourth place. What matters to me is how we play. And of course I want the points. I want the wins. I want the three points every time, but how we play matters so much more because it sets the tone for the second half of the season. It sets the tone for the home and away against Bayern Munich and how we're going to be mentally and physically going into that series, because that's a monster series. It'll probably be the biggest test psychologically that we've had all season. And you know, they want revenge for 2012, I know it. My mother knows it. So, you know, we need to make sure that we have more consistent form. And part of that comes with buying more players. Paul, what do you got? All right. So let's review this
1: game with Brighton. Mm-hmm. As we said, one, one draw as a result. Uh, we previous three matches, we started in a three, four, three. And, we asked Frank to switch it back to the four-three-three. He obliged. Thank you very much, Frankie. Yep. Um, so in this one, we went. We went Keppa and Net, obviously. Mm-hmm. on the left, Reese James on the right, Zuma and Rudiger as the center backs, Willian and Golo. Oh, sorry. Uh, and Golo Conte in the middle, with yep. Mason Mount in front of them. Pulisic, William on the wings, and Tammy, Tammy Abraham up top.
2: hmm
1: Now, you pretty much predicted this starting lineup minus Mason Mount. Right. You were right on the money otherwise.
0: What can I um, say? I'm a smart guy.
1: Th- that's right. And I'm glad Frank did this because the three in the back just wasn't working.
2: No. Well, the three and back does work when you have uh, Alonzo in the, the fourth spot. Like, if, if you do a 3 4 3 with, with Alonzo, then I'm okay with the 3 4 3 because I feel that his ball distribution and the way his ability to move the ball up is great and, and it suits in that formation. As, as you, in his previous game that he played, I believe it was against uh, if you guys. Thank you. Against Tottenham, he was outstanding. Yep. And every time that he's played this season in a 3 4 3 or never in the three back, but in the four, in the four position, he's done a really good job. And, and, and I feel that he's less liability and he can play more as himself. Whereas when he's in the three back or, or playing in the four back, he, he's, he's just, he goes too high and he can't, he can't get back and recollect himself and be positional. And he's always caught out of position, especially on the left side when he plays far out left. So, yeah, it's just something that uh, that I noticed last year. And he he's adjusted in a in a different role under Lampard. This
0: yeah. Year. So, first and foremost, and no offense to your take because I respect it, but I do not like Alonso. I know that Alonzo is not in our future plans. The reason that he does well in a 3-4-3 playing Wing back is because he doesn't have to defend. If he actually has to defend, he becomes utterly exposed. He's languid. He's too tall. He's too slow. He's too lazy. And his defensive posture, skill set, positioning, everything is absolutely horrendous. And that's why he doesn't really play for us, except in specialist situations like the Tottenham game where we were trying to keep the, or get them off guard. Alonso will be gone. Either Inter or maybe even Juventus will buy him. And that'll be that. And because of that reality, I don't want us focusing on the three-four-three. 3 I want us to be a 4-3-3 three, three team because that fits the profile of the player that we have. And that fits the profile of player that I want to be moving forward, whether it's buying or the team that we already have is currently constructed. I don't want to be a 3-4-3 three, three team. It's a gimmicky formation. If you don't have three central midfielders, you will lose the midfield. And if you lose the midfield, more often than not, you will lose the game. And I know that because I've coached over 700 games myself.
1: To both, the, to both of your points, if Frank is going to play with three in the back, Alonzo has to play a start on the left, wing back. In, in my opinion, he's probably the best at that uh, um, position, maybe in the world, definitely in the EPL. Now, uh, he played against tottenham and played very very well i think just to get the eyeballs on him so that he can be sold yeah then frank sticks with that formation puts emerson on the left side in the, as the wing back and that's not really fair to emerson in my opinion because that's not his best position to play right so if you're going to play with it with the three back Uh, Formation, then you got to play Alonzo out there. And if you're not going to play Alonzo out there, then you got to play with foreign back. It's that simple Mm -hmm. for me.
0: I would rather not base the entire formation of the team around one player. And it doesn't suit us. We're not a 3 4 3 team. I'd like to move on because the the point has been belabored. All right, let's, let's, and, be, let's, and because I'm fucking right, and I fine. don't want to listen to it anymore.
2: Fine, we'll go with a 4-3-3 and we'll bring Barkley back. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm
0: fine with that. anybody, anybody but Conte, because all Conte does is fuck up my midfield.
2: No, you you're, I love Conte. Oh, I know I you do, Conte Jerry. Is, is, <laughs> I think he's he, he's great, man. He, he's, he's a ball winner. He's a box-to-box player, man. He, he, he does a lot of things that a lot of midfielders can't do. He's really good defensively, and he's able to assist in the attack as well. He's a center His, mid he that can't pass. Therefore, he's not a center mid. He's a one-dimensional player.
0: And even with that, he's gotten worse. He used to be an exceptional ball winner. Now he's just good.
2: Mm. Uh I, I, I don't agree, but I don't care. but... but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I don't know, I, I think he pairs up well with Jorginho and Kovacic and, and, and to a little, I know Kovacic is having a great year mm-hmm. this year it's outstanding. He, his ability to pass his ability to read the play his ability to, to, to assist on the attack play defense, but remember this guy, what was, what was he last year? He was nowhere the near oh, level that he is this year, Paul. nowhere I don't think he he, he, he wasn't as good as he is this year. He's stepped up his game this year and has brought it to another level. Respectfully, I disagree.
0: He was just as good last year, and you're talking about my favorite player in European football.
2: Well, no,
1: I think there is a point there. He he was getting acclimated to English football. He was getting acclimated to Chelsea. He wasn't having these performances. Carlito and I both recognized that he was going to be an absolute baller for us in the center of the pitch yeah. and everybody everybody who didn't recognize that last season we thought was the biggest mm-hmm. goof there is but that's beside the point he is our <clears throat> best player on, on our team this season and let's talk about him not starting
2: is there a reason for it
1: not a good one that uh-huh. I can come up with what do you guys <laughs> say
2: maybe cuz they, they played on the weekend i, I don't yeah. know short rest i i'm o- i'm okay with 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 Frankie managing the bench like this like he didn't start Jorginho the past two matches i believe he started him in this one and he elected to 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 bench kovacic today uh, yesterday in this match and basically It's you're gonna have days where the roster is not what you wanna see it, but at least he's managing his bench and and I'm okay with this because there are a lot of fixtures still to Mm -hmm. come. And you saw Steve Bruce already complain with Newcastle that he's already got five injuries because of how many fixtures there are and they don't even have champions league. So imagine us. We have more fixtures ahead of us and if Frankie's doing that to, to prevent injury and to make sure that his his main three midfielders are healthy going forward, that I'm okay with that. And and it sucks that the result's not there, but we need to figure out ways to win without Jorginho, Conte, or Kovacic not all together. That's really important. And, and I know you're not a big fan of Mount, but this is a guy, and I know you're not about age, and I won't put age then. Fine, there's no age. He's still adjusting to the EPL, just as Abraham. And it's going to take time because he played in the championship. And championship is a whole different Mm -hmm. level of football compared to the EPL. If it was a set, say like like Barkley, he's been with the team for what, two, three years now since he came from Everton? And to me, he he just hasn't panned out what we expected him to be. Now, if it's been two, three years now with Mason Mount, four years, and he still hasn't gone to that next level or we hope that he's growing from the academy, then I'll say, yes, you're right. Then there's something wrong. What, why isn't he developing? Because it's only his first season, I wouldn't overreact. And and, and I get that maybe he's playing, the, Lampard's playing him maybe a little bit too much because he hasn't shown the, as good of a level as Kovacic has or Jorginho or Conte. But I guess he's trying to get him, more time to to adjust to the actual league and learn it more
0: yeah and i i think you misspoke there i do rate mount i just don't rate him as a starter i I actually think mount's my dad's favorite player on chelsea but he's a good player and look he's a great sub he's a great (laughs) squad player for us he is not a starter on a top four epl team he will be in two or three four or five six years i don't know how long it's going to take he will be eventually right now he's not Second thing I'll say is this. Sadio Mane starts literally every game for Liverpool. He'll probably start all the FA Cup games for Liverpool. So this rotation thing where these guys need rest and blah, 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 I think that's nonsense. I really, really do because Liverpool rarely rotates at all. I li- I see their same 11 all the time, every game. And we continue to rotate. What does that do? That just builds more and more inconsistency. consistency. We are never in a rhythm. We're great one game. We're Awful, the next. Then we're good, and then we're shockingly bad like the game against Brighton. Why is that? Because we're inconsistent, and that starts with the lineup. If we don't have an established rhythm, if we don't have a familiarity amongst the three (laughs) lines, then how do you expect us to have a run of three, four, five games? That seven-game run we had a couple months ago, that was a fluke. Frankie has rotated now more than ever. He can't seem to figure out what formation he wants. He can't seem to figure out what back four he wants. He doesn't start his front or his middle three as often as he should together. The only thing that's consistent is Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. I love Tammy Abraham. He's one of the best strikers in the league already. Mason Mount, not so much. Frankie needs to find a formation and be a little bit more sorry with it. He needs to be a little bit more Mauricio sorry, in sticking with a consistent lineup in big games because this lack of familiarity that we have, this lack of cohesion, this lack of chemistry, it starts with him constantly changing his mind when
2: he puts together the team sheet. Those are good points you provide. I just, What what makes it different then from Liverpool playing the same players and somehow they, they're able to not get the injuries that other clubs keep on getting is it is it the, the facility training ground is it the way we train like what how is it that a guy like money is able to play so much sorry, sorry sorry but how many like just basically how how can he how is he able to play so much you know what I mean you being a coach right and you're, you're familiar with this is it is it the way they train that they're a, they're able to to go to go into these games and they have good Good, uh, good conditioning, good form, or is it that? Uh, like, well, what do you think? It basically.
0: Okay. Like, There's three parts to this. Number one is luck. Luck is definitely part of it. Number two is conditioning, but Liverpool has been conditioned up the ass for what, seven years now with Jurgen Klopp. They've been consistently at peak level condition for the entire season every year. And number three is. Uh, yeah, part of it is training. Okay. I think Frank Lampard, especially when the season first started, the level of intensity from preseason into the first month and a half at training was so high because he felt the need to overcompensate for, you know, the lack of time that he's had with his team. So he's like, all right, so we're going to really accelerate this program and we're going to combine three months worth of training into 90 days. And it definitely contributed to our injuries. And I think if he went back, and he could do it all over again, he would definitely take a more conservative approach. So, yes, training is part of it. But luck will run in, will uh, play into this Liverpool thing. And if they get one or two injuries, like the announcers mentioned today, if VVD gets injured or if Mo Salah gets injured, it's a completely different story. And Klopp is definitely rolling the dice every single time. He puts the same lineup out for sure. But so far, it's worked. Will it work the whole season? No, it won't. There will be injuries.
2: Mm.
1: I like it. So, let's let's cover the game a little bit here. Um in the 10th minute, off a of set piece, Willian actually getting the ball over the first man on a corner kick. Woo! <laughs> and Aspilicoeta in the right place at the right right time to to slot it in the net.
0: I really hope that just this- that didn't just give him a two-year extension on his contract. I really hope it didn't. <laughs> Sign the man up. He de- he
1: deserves whatever he wants. Oh, no,
0: I wasn't talking about Willian. I was oh, talking oh. about Asby. Oh, oh,
1: oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I put worth the three goals in his last 11 uh, when he's had three goals in his last 118.
0: Prior. How many goals has he given up this season? <laughs> At least three. <laughs> At least three. Yeah. Now,
1: eighty. well, at halftime, Brighton changed their formation. They started with one up top, so they're in like a 4-5-1 mm-hmm. formation. At halftime, they went to two up top. Yeah. And I thought that was a savvy move from them. Uh, it, it did change the balance of the game a little bit. And the second half, they really ran ran the show uh, as much as we ran the show the first half. Uh, the 84th minute, John Bacash with one of the goals of the season, a bicycle kick off of a corner kick. Hard to, hard to blame anyone on that one. Um, I thought William could have taken a couple steps back to just make his life more difficult on, on the overhead kick. So, um, mm. Uh, Rudiger had a chance at maybe winning the head ball to begin with and, and preventing, you know, getting the ball clear, preventing the ball from bouncing around in the box. But hard to say that Brighton didn't deserve a goal on this.
0: Rudiger has made a habit of not clearing the ball out of the 18. He's been doing it for two years now. That's
1: our best center back.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: Jerry, what you got? Um, I think R- Rudiger, you're right, is our best center back, and, and in that position, he he just mistimes it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't want one, one play to to take away how good of a game he he really yes. had. This was this was probably his best game this season that we've seen, and he's came back from a serious injury last from last season. He's missed a lot of game time, so. It, it has slowed him down, and it's taking him time to get back to where he was from last year. But uh, a good good uh, overall performance from him. His conditioning was has looked much better. Come around, look more stronger. He looked more motivated. And uh, the one thing is that it, I don't want to just blame Rudiger for that. Just that goal. it, it it's it's a collective. The bicycle kick should even be happy in the first place. Okay, so he misses, he misses the header, and then you got you got the guy scoring in free will like that with way too much space as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a whole, it's a broken down play by by many players in, in the box, and it's something that has maybe cost us so many games. Is that one kind of way of scoring? Yep, and that's something that we really need to fix on. If we can fix on our set pieces. There was a, a play right after that off a free kick, where the where uh, uh sorry, Riza Belaga, sorry, he he makes a, a kick save, a beautiful save in the box, and and it's like with five minutes left, and, and to preserve the tie. So it's just it's the free kicks and the set pieces that are killing us.
0: Yeah, I don't mean to be flippant or dismissive of what you said, because I agree with you a hundred percent, and I know Paul does as well the set piece and corner kick defending that we have has been really, really bad. And it's gotten consistently worse over the last few years, but Rudiger's main job is to protect the goal. And if he can't get rid of the ball out of the box, if he can't clear it, if we can't adequately shore up things that Liverpool does on the regular, then why is he out there? I know that he had a good game. I know that he had a really good game. Uh, Against Arsenal as well, he absolutely did. But at the end of the day, if you make one mistake as the last man, then that will define your performance. And it did. It's the same thing as if Tammy Abraham has a shit game, but scores a goal. It'll define his performance. And midfield is much different, obviously, because you have the ball 150 times a game. So it's a, different, it's a different thing. But if you're a defender and you're not doing your primary job, and you're not fulfilling your primary job description, then it will define your performance. Paul, what do you got?
1: I thought Zuma and Rudiger uh, overall were good. I thought especially Zuma was shockingly good in the first half with his feet. Yes. Shocking. Got to give credit where credit's due. Uh Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I still want Nathan Ake. I still <laughs> want him and Rudiger as our center back pair. Yeah. Now, Pulisic looked pretty good to me, looked very lively. I didn't think he was quite at his best as far as flow of the game with the rest of the team. But he was our most dangerous player going forward, creating shots, he came off in the 66th minute, and Callum Hudson-Odoi went on. Mason Mount came off in the 73rd minute, and Kovacic went on. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount, not his best performance for me. Um, what do you guys' take on both those two players and the
0: subs coming on? Uh, I mean, how many times have you said Mount did not look at his best lately? It's it's becoming yeah. a thing. It is. And I just don't think that he should be starting over our best player at all. He he just shouldn't be starting. <laughs> Callum Hudson-Odoi, once again, regressing to the mean, not having a good game again. He had a pretty good showing against Arsenal. I liked how he kept the ball at the end of the game when we really, really needed him to. He had some flashes of brilliance. He had some mistakes. But overall, it was a it was a B effort, and I was relatively pleased. Once again, he goes right back to where he was two weeks ago. He looked poor. He looked disinterested. He looked out of sorts. And there's something uh, that was mentioned online. There's this YouTuber named Eunice. He's actually really good. He's a Londoner, although I don't think he's British. Uh, really smart dude, and he mentioned – The idea of, especially younger Chelsea fans, pushing for this youth revolution and how it's always been this rallying cry where if you're a 17, 18-year-old Chelsea supporter and you're a little naive and you see an older player uh, really not putting his uh, best foot forward. Oh, we got a phone call. You're fine? fine. It's the charm of the show.
2: (laughs) For fuck's sake. (laughs) fudge stupid late night calls
0: jerry 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 got a booty call you better not tell us what jerry's
1: popular man
0: oh shit is that cassandra again from the crazy horse what's going on (laughs) it's (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah you should tell no, him to it's, go to bed as fast it's as your boy time. mason I'm um, telling you, telling you. <laughs> so yeah at, at the end of the day Eunice basically said look everybody <laughs> that's a really younger fan was because clamoring for this youth revolution youth revolution but you know what the problem with that is is that if you start a bunch of 19 20 year olds guess what's gonna happen they're gonna play like 19 and 20 year olds and then when they start putting in out of 10s and 6 out of 10s, but they still continue to get time. They think that that is sufficient contribution. They think that that level of play that they're giving to the club and to the starting 11 and to Frankie is enough. It's not. It's not even close to enough. The way that Hudson-Odoi has been performing, the way that Mason Mount's been performing, even Pulisic at times, nowhere near good enough. And for them to sit there and rest on their laurels and think that it is good enough is a misstep because they're going to learn very, very quickly when we start spending that money and Marina starts shaking her ass in the transfer market and we start getting some primo flank talent, they're going to find out real quickly that giving six out of ten performances ain't going to cut it if we want to make top four, if we want to get into the quarterfinals of UCL, and if we want to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward for next season, yeah. 6 out of 10s and 5.5 out of 10s are not going to cut it. And part of the youth revolution and the naivete is that they think that it does.
2: Yeah, but with, with, with Colin hudson I've to torn both of mine. I know how injury, serious it is. Serious. But injury, did he give and,
0: and. our board time? Did he give Mauricio Sari time? Uh, no, no. Instead, he had his agent plant stories in the media and really force our hand into giving him a contract and giving him playing time. So no, I will not be giving him any concessions.
2: I don't buy into all that crap. I don't watch the media. I do read the shit that comes out of it. I just see what goes on the field. And, and I thought last year he was pretty good for us. and And he picked up an injury in April. Worst time. And it's had no preseason to train just as like Rudiger and it's really slowed down his season. He's still trying to find his form, his rhythm. You see yesterday when he misses the corner on the right side on any given day that he's not hurt and he's fully formed and he's fully, fully fit. He makes that shot in. And, and I think that this is a player that still has a lot to show, has a lot to give. Mm -hmm. And he just needs to get back to his fitness level and get that rhythm going. And when he does, I, I feel that he can contribute on the left side. And and I agree that, that Pulisic hasn't been the greatest this year, but we've seen we've seen games where he, we know what he's capable of, and it's just we've seen all these players play at at a level that they're able to. Now it's just can they find that rhythm that they're able to consistently play at that level, and and, and it's true that if they do buy players that are elite talent, it, it may force their hand to. to basically loan some of these guys out. Maybe maybe enjoy being alone and, and basically getting more game time and just getting his leg I don't think
0: Chelsea will do that simply that from a PR perspective.
2: More they won't
0: do it. He's supposed to be the next Raheem Sterling. We're not going to loan him out. It just is not going to happen. If he had shown even an ounce of humility during the hmm. process of contract negotiations last season, I would be much more sympathetic and empathetic towards his plight of maybe not being fully fit, maybe needing more time, blah, blah, blah. He did not show that respect to my club. I'm not going to give it to him. Simple as that. You're not going to change my mind. No one's going to change my mind on it. All right, Paul, what else, buddy?
1: I was mm-hmm. not happy with, wow. happy with Callum Hudson-Odoi when he missed that shot. He had the whole left side of the net to aim at, and he just didn't put it on net. That's the difference in winning and drawing the game.
0: You got to dunk that shit.
1: Come on. To be fair, Lampard's comments after the game, you have to deal with it in games. It's part of the process. You can accuse for a lack of fight and urgency, but today was a lack of quality on the ball. We just decided not to keep doing the simple things, not taking opportunities to score. There was there was Calum Hudson Doy's, There was Tammy's when he had William wide open to his right. He
2: yeah. decided
1: to shoot, take on the shot rather than passing William the ball. William was wide open. Um, uh, what else? I mean, there were probably others as well, but I thought Frank right on the money with his comments. What do you got, Jerry?
2: That's a good point you say that. So you, you, you guys alluded earlier that Tammy's been good this year. He's grown to a really good player, a good striker. But his downfall in this game, I find that a lot of the times is his indecisiveness to when to make that pass. And I feel a lot of the time he holds onto it and shoots into a wall of three players that are in his lane. As opposed to maybe making that pass to William and overthinking it, and if he makes that split second quicker decision of giving it to William, William yeah. nine out of ten probably hits the, at least gets it on that and probably scores. So, so that that is where sometimes Abraham's game can sometimes frustrate you because he's really good at his hold up play, getting the ball mm-hmm. down. Where where the first goal is all because of Tammy because his His ability to to stay focused, just basically receive the ball on his chest, bring it down, turn it around, and then as is there just to pick up the rebound. Good awareness by him as well he he's in the right spot at the right time, and that's when good tammy comes out that's when tammy is is really productive and and there there's been times in this game where he just overthinks it, and if he can get rid of that, and that comes with time again. It, it, it's something that he's going to work on. And and he's gotten better since mm-hmm. the first game of the season. This guy just keeps on growing every week. Who do we have for good your player of the game? Kepa
0: Rizabalaga. He was a prince. Jerry? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Agree. Agree with him. If it wasn't for him, I even though the first 40 minutes, 35 minutes, Chelsea looked good. And they looked alive. It, as the game went on, especially into the second half, Ariza Balaga had to come up. Mm-hmm. He made the, the, the big sprawling save in the first half, that nice hand save. And then he makes the kick save. And there's like three or four saves that probably stand out to anybody that he just makes big saves. Oh, yeah. I think this, this is a goalie that, that takes too much heat takes too much heat I, I don't I, I there are games I will agree that his decision making at times is it to me is, is questionable but overall you have to look at overall you can't just look at one little thing and and aside from the carabella cup from last year I think that maybe that could be seen as, as a learning curve for him and something that maybe has matured him more and has made him as a better goalkeeper up till now and so he, he's just clutch. You tell me a goalkeeper that is just as so good mm-hmm. as him with his, with his feet. He makes the biggest time saves ever.
0: I would say this. Twitter in particular is so ridiculous and so reactionary. And this is coming from someone who is a reactionary fan. I am, by definition, a reactionary dude when it comes to Chelsea. Not in my life, but with this particular portion of my life. Yes, I am. But when they're saying things like "Keppa out, Mm -hmm. Kepa out, Frank Lampard wants to replace the goalkeeper, it's never going to happen. Marina spent $75 million on this guy. We're not getting rid of him? That's ridiculous. In fact, I'm pretty sure Chelsea is done taking PR hits after the Thibaut Courtois thing, the Eden Hazard thing, and the Diego Costa thing. They're done. They're not listening to fans at all anymore. And they are not listening to their players either. They will do whatever it takes to make Chelsea look good again and to get back into net positive at the end of the year with money because we lost money last year. Kepa Riza Balaga is here to stay. He is a very fine goalkeeper. He is only going to get better. This is his second year of his seven year contract. He's not going anywhere. So, Chelsea fans, shut up. Shut up. Get he, over it. He's, he's not 20,
1: he's twenty five years old. Goalkeepers are good not years. good until they're 32. He's got a lot of good years ahead of him, and the best quality, the, the best uh, quality of his game are
0: his feet. Yeah, and his arrogance. <laughs> well, and, I, I and, love his arrogance and his hair. But oh, he's sad. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is this: Look, would you rather have him or David De Gea, who's been terrible for three years and Spain's dropped him? between that, two, there's no
1: comparison. He's on his way out, and guess who's on the way up?
0: He
2: looks...
1: Kepa. He's oh, no, he's Spain already shot.
0: Spain's number one. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. So, but, no, I, I agree with you. In this game, it highlighted his shot-stopping shot ability, and without those saves, we absolutely lose this game. Yeah. Brighton had chances in the first half, we played very well in the first half. Mm-hmm. Second half, we didn't play so well. And Brighton had even more chances. They could have gone on to win this game. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, Kepi was at his best. Player of the game, no question. Mm-hmm.
0: ADL. ADL is looking to sell his center back for $100 million. He's put him on the market. Koulibaly is on the market. and the t- yeah, And the two teams that are looking at him... One team can buy him. afford him, the other cannot. Tottenham and Chelsea. <laughs> you don't think Jose can can uh, fundraise? Daniel Levy doesn't have that kind of golf bag money, homie. I hope not.
2: <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I think Roman's gonna buy him. I think Roman's out for a mission now that he's back in the in the. He can start buying players again in the transfer window, and and I, I see. If he, if he's actually serious, you got to bring him. You, you got to bring Koulibaly. Koulibaly, he, his time in Napoli is done. I think that he's kind I of fading away what, what I've seen this season. It hasn't been his best season with Napoli. And and don't, don't let that overlook the player that he is because he's one of the best center back in the game. I don't care how bad of a season he is having. If he comes to Chelsea, that will all be washed away and he will – regain his form. He will pair up well with whoever you want to put him with Zuma or Rudiger. He'll do well with both. And basically he he will do he'll fit in that in that four back perfect under Lampard. But again just don't 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 let one poor not not poor season but just mediocre season Jerry, a like, fish, what what the talent a a really
0: it's not his fault. It's not the players' fault. This starts with De Laurentiis and his toxic work environment, this was not even Ancelotti's problem. This is De Laurentiis. He's an archaic, uh, vitriolic, venomous dickhead, and he pissed off everybody in that organization. He probably pissed off the janitor. I mean, you could just tell because the product on the field is a result of how he treats everybody at Napoli. And so I, do, I am not slating Koulibaly. This season or this half season is a write off for him. If we can get him for 100 million, guess what, dude? We're going to get 30 for Alonso. And then we're going to sell one of our center backs. We'll get 40 for that. So that's 65, 70 million right there. And then we're going to sell some other players. We're going to sell Pedro. We're going to sell Giroud. We're going to sell Michibashi. We're going to get the Alvaro Morata money, which is 60 million. And we're still going to get more add ons from Ed and Hazard's contract. So this will pay for itself. No problem. This is the one player. You don't know this, Jerry. The only mm-hmm. player that I want us to buy, if we buy one player, is Wilfred Zaha. And what the deal is, is we are putting Mishbash Hawaii and then 20 million plus add ons into Crystal Palace, and they're going to give us Zaha. It'll eventually probably end up being 35 million press Michi. We rate him at $40 million, but that's 40 million less that we have to spend for a player that we don't even play. He's just sitting there rotting on the bench, so we might as well use him as a monetary asset. Mm-hmm. It'll pay for itself, this Kulabali thing. We will not take a no. hit at all.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, I understand. I just think sometimes you just got to be careful with the January transfer window.
0: Before we get done,
2: we're going to do my Rye test, which is my version of the eye test. My
0: eye test is going to be not something that's happening on the field, but off it. And that is transfer season. So, the main people that we're looking at, number one is Wilfred Zaha. Number two is Nathan Ake. Number three is Jaden Sancho. Number four is Danny Olmo. And number five is Koulibaly. I would like three of those five. They do not all need to be here now, but one of them has to be a defender, and they need to be here by June. And damn it, we better get at least one wing right now. It's got to be Zaha, Sancho. It'll never happen right now. We may do the Pulisic deal where we buy him and loan him back. I'm cool with that. Let him finish out the year. He's having a banner year with Dortmund. And the team's doing rather well in both domestically and in the European Cup. But we need a defender. We need an attacker. And we need a flair player. I think those fit the bill. Isco, also an option. I don't know if that was – Smoke and mirrors, his little Instagram posts of him with his family in London. I'm not sure. But there's always intentionality with these things. He wouldn't just post something like that when we've been linked with him in this, in literally in this city. Um, but we'll see. My ride test is going to be Marina Granskaya. And uh, hopefully she shakes that ass for that money, girl, because I'd love to see her do it. We need we
1: need somebody to help out Tammy because we are True. so reliant upon him it is
0: insane. Yeah, but I think that's a I think it's it's a problem solved right there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. The thing with Dembele this season, twenty five appearances, ten goals ten goals. Assist. All right, so with uh not only the Spurs loss, but also the United loss. We sit fourth with 36 points, United with 31 points, Tottenham with 30 points. We are right behind Man City, who is on 44 points, so we're eight points back of them. We have a little space, a little breathing space, but we could be right on Manchester City if we took advantage of some of our opportunities. So let's, let's hold on to that fourth spot and keep pushing.
0: All right. Jerry, thank you for taking the time to record with us. It was a good one. I had a good time. I know Paul yeah. did as well. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, buddy. All right. This has been the London no, Calling thank you Podcast. For I'm Appreciate your host, it. Ryan. We'll see you all on the pitch.